What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies The Adam Project after Yang and Fresh. First, let's talk about the movie The Adam Project. Here's a quick synopsis. Adam Reed from the year 2050 crash lands in 2022, where he comes face-to-face with his 12-year-old self, and together they must put an end to time travel. The film stars Ryan Reynolds, Walker Scoble, Mark Ruffalo, Zoe Zeldana, Catherine Keener, and Jennifer Garner. Standout performances. Ryan Reynolds is doing his usual comedic persona in this film that he's had since Deadpool, but he's also doing something very different from some of his last few parts. He's playing a more emotional character in Adam who regrets his past. Reynolds is at his best when he's playing a fully fledged out character with an arc. Mark Ruffalo is one of my favorite actors. He's one of the best supporting actors of his era. He comes in for a few scenes and he reminds you he's a great actor and he's done it again and again in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Collateral, Zodiac, The Kids Are Alright, which features my favorite Ruffalo performance, Shutter Island, Begin Again, Foxcatcher, and Spotlight. In The Adam Project, Ruffalo was the funniest part of the movie and seeing him paired with Ryan Reynolds was cool. They have kind of had similar careers. For a short period of time, both starred in romantic comedies. For Ruffalo, it was 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Gardner, who's also in The Adam Project, Just Like Heaven with Reese Witherspoon, and Rumor Has It with Jennifer Aniston. For Reynolds, you have Just Friends with Amy Smart, definitely maybe with Isla Fisher, and The Proposal with Sandra Bullock, and both Mark Ruffalo and Ryan Reynolds ended up playing Marvel comic book characters. Ruffalo with The Incredible Hulk and Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Over the last decade and a half or so, films that have starred Zoe Zeldana have dominated the box office. She's been an avatar in Avengers Endgame, two films that have both held the title of the highest grossing film of all time. Currently, that honor belongs to Avatar, and she's been a part of the recent Star Trek trilogy. I loved her in Out of the Furnace with Christian Bale. In The Atom Project, she's great with not a whole lot to do. I would have loved her to get a ton more screen time in this movie. There's been a lot of Ryan Reynolds lately with Free Guy Red Notice and now The Adam Project, and the actor is not slowing down. You can next see him in Scrooge with Will Ferrell and eventually in Deadpool 3. Mark Ruffalo is next set to appear in Poor Things with Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, and in the Disney Plus Marvel series She-Hulk, reprising his role of Bruce Banner. Zoe Zaldana has a lot on her slate. She will be in the new David O. Russell film with Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington and is set to reprise her roles in Avatar 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and in an upcoming Star Trek sequel. Director Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds have only made two films together, yet they have already become a formidable actor-director duo. I really liked Free Guy and thought that film was better than it had any right being, and why I think Levy is the perfect director for Reynolds is because he brings heart to these movies and Reynolds brings the comedy. It's the perfect mix. This duo is making genre movies about relatable topics. Free Guy is an action-packed blockbuster that's also a love story. And this movie, The Atom Project, is a sci-fi time travel film that's also about a man confronting his past and forgiving his absentee father. Both of these films have really surprised me in a good way. And I'm really excited that Sean Levy has been announced as the director of Deadpool 3. I think that... 
that franchise needs something different. And I think Sean Levy can do something really special with that character. And he can get great work out of Ryan Reynolds. He's proved it two times now. A lot of people have been comparing the Adam Project to the studio family movies of the 80s back to the future because of the time travel element. What I think this movie has in common with the sci-fi films of the 80s is this movie isn't just about one plot. It's about Adam's relationship with his family. The way E.T. really isn't about an alien. It's about a boy dealing with the separation of his parents. Adding these relatable elements make these movies a lot better and more relatable, which is what you want out of a blockbuster. I do think the Adam Project is far from perfect. I found the plot to be a bit boring and confusing by the end. I didn't really care what was going on. The emotional aspect of this film fars outweigh the action and the plot, and I didn't think the humor landed at all, and that's fine. The movie still worked overall, and I thought Mark Ruffalo was really funny. And no offense to Katherine Keener, she's an outstanding actress. I've loved her work in the 40-year-old version. I loved her work in Being John Malkovich. She is one of my favorite actresses, but she was not a very compelling villain. This movie would have been a lot better with the formidable foe for Ryan Reynolds. It's one of the things I really liked about Free Guy. Free Guy had a really good villain in Taika Waititi. I really enjoyed him as the bad guy of this movie, and I think the Adam Project needed a big bad like that. My favorite moment of the movie is when 12-year-old Adam tells Adam from the future that the only reason he is mad at his dad is because he died, because it's easier to be angry than sad. I thought this was a powerful moment. I know it's weird to say that about like a blockbustery sci-fi Netflix movie, but this movie really landed for me. Some people might look at this moment in this movie overall and say it's emotional manipulation, but I dug the movie and overall there's a lot to like in The Adam Project. It is a notch below Levy's and Reynolds' last movie, Free Guy, but still very much worth a watch. What I personally love most about what Ryan Reynolds is doing in these films he's working with Sean Levy is that he is playing what I deem to be a believable human being. Sometimes in these other films like Six Underground and Red Notice, it feels like Reynolds is just playing a character where in The Adam Project and Free Guy, he is playing a real human being that you can connect with. And that's when I think Ryan Reynolds is at his best. Not when he's playing these witty characters who you don't relate to. It's when he's being witty while also being relatable. That's what I want from Ryan Reynolds moving forward. More movies like Free Guy and more movies like The Adam Project. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie after Yang. Here's a quick synopsis. Jake and Kira are a pair of parents who purchased a robot boy Yang to help look after their adopted daughter Mika and problems begin to arise when Yang suddenly turns off. The film stars Colin Farrell, Jodie Turner-Smith, Justin H. Min, and Haley Lou Richardson. Standout performances. One of the best things I love most about Colin Farrell, other than being one of the best actors of his generation, is his willingness to go back and forth between big blockbusters like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the live-action Dumbo adaptation, and The Batman, and smaller films like Saving Mr. Banks, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and The Beguiled. And the amazing thing about Farrell is he's able to give great performances in both kind of films. And After Yang is a smaller, more intimate film, and Farrell is excellent in this movie. It's one of the best performances of the year so far, and with this film and the Batman, where he's playing the Penguin, his version of the character, 
character is vastly different than the Danny DeVito character, who was a mayoral candidate. Farrell's Penguin is a full-on gangster. Farrell has already had a tremendous 2022. Overall, I think he's one of the best actors working today. Also, in my eyes, Colin Farrell is one of the best actors, if not the best actor ever, who has not yet received an Oscar nomination. If I look back at his filmography, I think there are two films and performances which he should have been nominated for. The first one is In Bruges. That is the best leading performance of Colin Farrell's career. That movie is dynamite. I love every minute of that movie. His chemistry with Brendan Gleeson is dynamic. And the other performance is in Saving Mr. Banks. I love this movie. This movie is about the origin of Mary Poppins as a movie. And the character that Colin Farrell is playing is truly heartbreaking. He was a real life person. I think it is one of the best performances of Colin Farrell's career and he should have received a Best Supporting Actor nomination for his work in that film. You also in After Yang have Haley Lou Richardson who is one of the best young actresses working today. She was great in Split with James McAvoy and Anya Taylor-Joy and blew me away with her work in The Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld. Richardson is able to give great performances with very little screen time and those are my favorite kind of performers. Her and Farrell have some really good scenes together in After Yang. Colin Farrell will next star in the movie's 13 Lives with Viggo Mortensen and Joel Edgerton directed by Ron Howard and the Banshees of Inertia with Brendan Gleeson whom he previously worked with on In Bruges and Barry Keoghan who worked with Farrell on The Killing of a Sacred Deer. The film is set to be directed by Martin McDonough. Farrell and McDonough have worked together on the films In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths, two of my favorite films, and Farrell is set to reprise his role as the Penguin in his own HBO Max show. One of my favorite genres of films is sci-fi because the genre can be so many different things. You can get an action-packed sci-fi like Dune and Star Wars and mystery like Blade Runner while also getting sci-fis that are about heady subject matters like Arrival. After Yang is a sci-fi about grief and loss along with identity. The film also has a lot to say about our reliance on technology in general and how it's affecting our evolution as human beings. I also thought the movie was commenting about how in modern times we are relying on technology to watch and teach our children instead of doing it ourselves. The best kind of science fiction films have something to say about the world we're living in and recently we've got some really well-made thoughtful science fiction films like Nine Days of Film I talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago and loved and After Yang is another wonderful deep sci-fi. My favorite moment of the movie is when Farrell's Jake asks Richardson's Ada if Yang ever wished that he was alive and she tells him that's the most human thing you could ask. I thought that was such a powerful moment because we as human beings are raised and brought up to believe that we are the most special things alive on planet Earth. For me, that scene was the most chilling and thought-provoking scene of the movie, and the acting performance in this scene given by Colin Farrell and Haley Lou Richardson is spectacular. I think this scene is one of the best scenes of 2022 so far. Overall, After Yang is one of the best movies to come out recently, and Colin Farrell gives one of the best performances of his career to date. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love for this movie movie to be the movie that got Colin Farrell his Oscar nomination because he deserves it. You're going to
going to watch this movie and you're going to think to yourself, wow, Colin Farrell is one of the best actors working today. Now, let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie Fresh. Here's a quick synopsis. Noah, a young woman who is having a tough time dating, meets Steve at a grocery store. The two seemingly connect and Steve invites Noah to a weekend getaway that unexpectedly takes a turn for the worse. The film stars Daisy Edgar-Jones, Sebastian Stan, and Jonica T. Gibbs standout performances. Sebastian Stan is far and away having the best year of his career with both this movie and Pam and Tommy. And what I would say about both of these performances is they are fearless. And this is what I love about an actor who everyone knows. He is using his fame and celebrity to make weird and odd choices and play characters who are disturbing, who are not superheroes. These are the opposite of superheroes. And I think he's giving some of the best performances of his career in both of these projects. And I really have liked Sebastian Stan's choices outside of the Marvel movies. Stan was really good in I, Tonya and The Devil All the Time. I really like the career path that he's chosen because he's an interesting actor and I say this all this time on this podcast. It is more important to be an interesting actor than to be a leading actor. And it looks like Sebastian Stan realizes that. Yes, are the performances he's giving in both this movie and in Pam and Tommy over the top? Yes, would I describe his acting style as subtle right now? No, but he is interesting and entertaining and that's all I want Sebastian Sand to be. I want him to keep making bold and surprising choices with the movies and shows he's a part of. If we're being honest, the only boring project that Sebastian Sand has been a part of lately was The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That show was trying to be a bad 80s buddy cop movie. It did not work for me at all. Less shows like that and more projects like Fresh and Pam and Tommy, please. Stan's co-star in Fresh is Daisy Edgar Jones, who was a revelation in Normal People. And in Fresh, she's giving her first leading performance in a movie. And I think the role she is given in this movie is difficult to play and she does so effectively. She is a future movie star. Just watch the show Normal People and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I mean, she should have gotten all the awards for her performance on that show. And it's cool that both her and her Normal People co-star Paul Meskel have broken out into movies. I mean, she was in Fresh and he had a supporting role in The Lost Daughter, one of the better films of 2021. Sebastian Stan will next star in the movie Sharper with Julianne Moore and Daisy Edgar Jones in the miniseries Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. Let's talk about what I liked about Fresh. What I liked about this movie was the unexpected nature of it. I love a movie where you, the audience, cannot tell where it's going. There's absolutely nothing about this movie that is predictable, which is really rare. Usually, you can somewhat tell where a movie is headed, and you can't with Fresh, and I appreciate that about it. I also love how late into the movie the title card appears. I mean, it felt like the movie was breaking a rule in a way with that. I also did enjoy the weird comedic tone of the film, but I also think it took away any of the horror element that should be there in this movie. This, for me, is an example of how a movie that has a wild, crazy, shocking premise, but it doesn't know how to wrap it up. I did not enjoy the ending of this movie at all. It's the weakest part of the movie. I also feel like there were some secondary characters in the film that were ineffective. Honestly, this is a movie that is carried by its two lead performers and that's 
that's great. I love movies about that. I love performances. You know that if you listen to this podcast, but I also love a great movie. And this movie is a really good movie that could have been great if it had a really spectacular ending. That's what this movie is missing. This ending fell flat. If you're going to make a movie that has a lot of shock value, the most shocking thing about it should be the ending. I mean, that's what makes a great movie. Yes, the beginning and the middle are really important. This movie is still really good. I thought Sebastian Stan's performance was wild and crazy throughout. I wanted to see how this movie ended, and I felt let down because this movie deserved a way better ending than the one that we all got. And endings can really change how you feel about a movie. I mean, everyone's talking about the power of the dog. That is one of the better films of 2021. But the reason why it is a front runner for Best Picture right now at the Oscars is because of its terrific ending. That ending makes you feel completely different about that movie overall in a positive light. And I feel like Fresh does the exact opposite. This bad ending makes me rethink how good the movie actually is. And that's kind of sad because I was having a really good time watching this movie. I don't want to discuss the plot of Fresh at all because I do feel like it's a movie that you should know absolutely nothing about going into it because it is a wild, fun, crazy ride. I also really enjoy when you're watching a movie and you go, I'm never going to see another movie like this again. I love that feeling because that's what I'm searching for. I'm searching for a movie I've never seen before. Yes, we love comfort. We love seeing something that looks like something we've seen before, but what's a better feeling than that is seeing something you've never seen before, and I've never seen a movie quite like Fresh. Getting back to Sebastian Stan for a minute, what I admire about his performance in this and in Pam and Tommy is his willingness to play unlikable characters. Most movie stars don't want to play unlikable characters, and he is really doing that and more in this movie. In Pam and Tommy, he is really unlikable at times as Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, and in this, he is bonkers as Steve. Fans of Sebastian Stan are going to be stunned by his performance. Overall, Fresh is one of the most unique movies I've seen in a while. It's led by two wonderful performances. It's got some interesting things to say about modern dating. It's a fascinating, weird film that's very provocative. Is it as good as it should be? No. I would have liked this movie a whole lot more if it had landed the ending. That being said, it is definitely worth a watch. I really like movies where it's hard to describe what the movie is like. I mean, some movies, you can describe them in two sentences and people will know what you're talking about and get the gist of the movie you're describing. That's not the case with Fresh. It is very hard to describe the movie Fresh. It's a movie that you need to experience. You can't just hear about it. You need to see Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones' performance to get what this movie is all about. And even after you've seen this movie, you will question everything you just saw. And I like that in a movie. Some people love watching a movie and then never thinking about it again. I love thinking about movies. Clearly, I love thinking about them because I'm doing a podcast on them. I love watching a movie and going to myself, what is the thing I just saw? What was that about? And that's what Fresh gives you. A movie that you will never 100% understand. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday. I highly recommend you check out the movies The Adam Project After Yang and Fresh. And next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the 
career of actor and comedian Donald Glover and the movie Windfall, starring Lily Collins, Jesse Plemons, and Jason Segel. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 